You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, please, to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, I, I'll be honest with you, when I started this series a couple years ago, and we've taken some breaks on Sunday nights, but we've been going through the Psalms. I purposely had been avoiding Psalm 119. I love it. I just thought, where in the world do I begin? And uh, I decided I'm not even going to try to tackle it in a couple weeks. It's going to take us uh, probably several months to get through it. But the more I've studied it, the more it's been a blessing to me. This Psalm is all about the Word of God. And you know, it's no, it's no wonder that David was such a man after God's own heart because David learned how to give himself to the Word of God. Now, I want to remind you, David did not have the entire Bible like we have. As a matter of fact, David is uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He is literally penning these Psalms himself. Uh, through the Spirit of God. And so David, when he said, Oh, how I love thy law, he was literally referring to the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Sometimes those are some books that maybe we can skip through or maybe we skim over. But David said, Oh, no, no, it's the Word of God. And I love it and I need it and it is important. And by the way, uh, the whole Bible is important. Uh, yes, I thank God for the New Testament. I thank you. We, I thank the Lord that we are uh, in the New Testament age, the age of grace. But I want to tell you, you can't appreciate grace until you go back and see the law that Jesus Christ came uh, to save us from the curse of sin and the bondage of sin. And hallelujah for God's amazing grace. But Psalm 119, we'll pick up at verse number 41. And uh, we'll probably won't get too far tonight, but I believe it'll be a help to you. I know it's been a help to me. Verse 41, let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments so Shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever? I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Lord, speak to us, we pray. We need to hear from you. And Lord, we know that your word is so powerful. It is a lamp. It is a light. And we certainly need some direction in this world that we live in. We need some direction for the decisions we will face this week and the people we will come in contact with. And Lord, we need wisdom as a, a church, a body that's moving forward. We need wisdom as families and as, as uh, husbands and wives and, and young people. Lord, we need you. And we pray that your word would speak to us and your word would minister to our hearts and meet our needs tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice verse number 41, and if you're taking notes, I want you to jot down the word favor. The word favor. 
David says, let thy mercies. Aren't you glad that God's mercies are plural? Aren't you glad there's a whole lot of mercies? Yes, there's mercy at salvation, but yet there's mercy when it comes to our sins. And mercy, we've said, is God does not give us what we do deserve. Hallelujah for mercy. We often pray for uh, traveling mercies. And if you've been on the roads lately, you know we really need travel mercies because there are some people out there that don't know how to drive. And I'm not just talking about you folks that came down from Virginia either. I'm talking about some North Carolinians that need some work. But we pray and we say, God, would you let, would you allow thy mercies? They're not man's mercies. How many of you know sometimes man is not very merciful? Sometimes man and people can be mean. Sometimes people can be cruel. You say, I don't understand it. I was nice to so-and-so and they repaid me with evil or they repaid me with, uh, with, with being rude. Well, that's because man's not always merciful. But aren't you glad that we have a merciful God? Remember when David sinned. David sinned by numbering the children of Israel and uh, uh, the prophet came and he said, you can have three options. You can have three years of famine. You can have three months to be destroyed by your enemies or three days to have the judgment of God. And David, it was not an easy choice, but David chose the last one. He said, I'd rather fall into the hands of God because I know that my God is merciful. And I want to praise God tonight for his mercies in my life. You could also say another word for mercies is God's loving kindness. Oh, hallelujah that God is loving. Hallelujah that God is kind. God is so gracious and God is so merciful. And David said, I'm thankful God for your mercies that have come to me, that have, have come to my life and helped me in my situation. But then he takes it a step further and he says, God, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about your mercies, I can't help but mention your salvation. And friend, I want to tell you, I'm thankful for God's mercies every day in my life. But the greatest mercy that God ever showed was when he looked down on our sin-sick souls that were on their way to hell with nothing we could do. There was no way to escape. There was no way uh, that we could earn our salvation. There was no way we could pay for our sins. And God in his mercy reached down and saved us. Aren't you thankful for salvation that came to you? You say, well, no, I didn't. salvation didn't come to me. I went to God. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. The songwriter said, when I could not come to where he was, hallelujah, he came to me. David says, God, I'm thankful for your favor, your mercies and your salvation. But notice the end of verse 41. He says, according to to thy word. You know how we know that God is merciful? Because his word promises. You know how we know that we can have salvation? Because God promised it. He guaranteed it in his word. I want to tell you, everything that we believe, everything that we stand on, it's not our own experience. 
We didn't get together with uh, all the, the members of the church and say, now, now tell us uh, 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 what, what's happened in your life and what's your experience like. And we didn't compile a big list and say, well, based upon our experiences, we believe this is going to happen. Now, I'm thankful for your experience. I'm thankful for my experience. But I want to tell you, I'm not living my life based upon anybody's experience I'm living my life based upon the authority of the word of God. According to thy word, David says, your mercy and your salvation has come to me just like you promised. Number one, I see the favor. I'm so thankful for the mercy of God in my life. I'm so thankful for God's love and kindness to me and to my family and to our church. But I'm glad tonight that we're not just guessing. We're not predicting. We're not supposing that God is merciful. We know that he is merciful according to his word. Jot down number one, favor, but number two, I want you to jot down the fact. The fact is that we know these things because of God's word. I'm glad God cannot lie. God's word is truth. God's word endureth to every generation. It's not outdated. It's not uh, out of touch. It's, it's not something that we need to kind of keep reworking. It is true. It always has been. It always will be. Number one, we see the favor. Number two, we see the fact. David says, it's according to thy word. Number three, I want you to see quickly, verse 42. We see that there were some foes. There were some foes. There were some enemies in David's life. And he said in verse 30, 42, he said, so shall I have because of your mercy and because of salvation and because of your word, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. Now, that word reproach, we don't use that word a lot today, but it's literally, it's the word taunting. Have you ever had someone that just seemed like that was their, that was their mission in life just to taunt you, just to irritate you? Maybe it's a coworker and maybe it's somebody that, you know, you've tried to witness to and uh, they call you, uh, you know, you're the preacher or you're the goody two shoes or you're the, you know, who knows what they call you. But, 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 but they, they take it upon themselves to taunt you. Maybe they'll ask you questions like this. Well, if, if God really loves people, then why does he allow this to happen? If God really loves the people of the world, then how come we see so much going on in Afghanistan? Or how come we see so much going on in third world countries? Or, or, or how could there be people that are literally starving to death? Oh, God wouldn't, a real loving God would never allow those things to happen. And, and maybe there's people that will taunt. Maybe there are people that will kind of try to put it in your face, so to speak. Maybe you are struggling yourself or maybe a family member struggling. Your co-workers that you've been trying to witness to and trying to help them and trying to show them what the Bible says and maybe things don't go well in your life like you were praying they would. Maybe someone might say, well, if God answers prayer, how come he didn't answer that prayer? How come that person didn't recover? 
How, how come it seems like the wicked prosper sometimes while the righteous suffer persecution? Why is that? Maybe there's taunting and there will be enemies. There will be people that will speak against you and that will speak against God. There have always been enemies to the people of God. Think about David's enemies. I think one of the most obvious enemies in David's life was the Goliath, the giant Goliath that he faced. And what was that enemy doing? He was taunting. He was laughing and mocking the, 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 the people of God and the God of Israel. And, and uh, he, was, he was taunting and he was throwing out all that nonsense. And David had experienced that. But you know, sometimes we don't think about the other foes that David had to deal with, like his brothers. His own brothers said, what in the world are you doing here, David? Who do you think you are? You should be back watching the sheep. This is, this is a battle. This is for real men like us, and you're just a little wimp. What are you doing? And I tell you, that was some taunting from his own family, his own flesh and blood. What about King Saul, who was not only his boss, but it was also his father-in-law. And Saul was trying to kill David and Saul uh, was hunting David. What about Absalom, David's own son who took the kingdom and then sent out uh, a search party to try to kill his own father? You say, well, what do we do about those people? How do we deal with these kind of people? Well, notice what David said in verse 42. He said, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. And you say, well, what was the answer? The answer was the word of God. David said, I don't have to worry what I'm going to say to Goliath. God's going to tell me what to say. I don't have to worry about Saul. I don't have to worry about my brothers. I don't have to worry about my trusted counselors who eventually turned on him. He said, I'm not going to debate those people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate them on Facebook. <laughs> I'm not going to debate them on social media. I'm not going to uh, uh, get into an argument with them at church. I'm not going to, uh, you know, get in a text battle with them and I'm going to tell them this and I'm going to answer this. David said, I know what my answer is. David said, I've already got my answer. For those that reproach me, my answer is according to thy word. Verse 42, he says, for I trust in thy word. Number one, we see the favor. Number two, we see the fact. Number three, we see the foes. But then number four, we see the faith. David said in verse 42, for I trust in thy word. I want to tell you, you can trust God even when the enemy is taunting. You can trust God even when it seems like that the media will blast you because you believe uh, the, the principles of the word of God because you still believe in what the Bible teaches about marriage. And you still believe what the Bible teaches about gender. And you still believe what the Bible teaches about creation. And this world, they will try to make you feel like you are an idiot and you've just crawled out from under a rock, but you don't have to worry about the reproach of man and the taunting of man. Your answer and my answer is found in the word of God. Number four, I see the faith. You can trust God even when the enemies are taunting. It says in verse number 43, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, David says, for I have hoped 
in thy judgments. David says, I have hoped, I have patiently waited, I have expected, God, that you were going to speak and you were going to show up just like you said you would. It's almost like David says here, God, I've been counting on you. I've been expecting you. God, I've been needing you to show up in my life. And guess what? David had the faith to believe that if God said he would do something, he would always do it. Aren't you glad that God always comes through? Aren't you glad for the promises of God? Aren't you glad for the fact that God's word is true? Regardless of what man says. This past week, I had an issue uh, with my car. And uh, I, uh, I came to the church uh, early uh, Wednesday morning, and I, it's, it's a long drive. I, I know you're, you're amazed that I make that drive every day, but had a long drive from my house right here to the parking lot and came in Wednesday morning early, got some stuff ready for the day. I always try to get in first, try to get our the things ready for the, the prayer line and the prayer group and all those things. And then Wednesday, now we have our chapel services starting at 8.30. We have elementary chapel and then 7th through 12th grade chapel. And then I go over to school and I get to uh, have chapel. It's a condensed version with the four and five-year-olds, K4 and K5. And it's a busy day. Well, I went back out to get in my car and my car wouldn't, wouldn't start. I do this out of habit. You know how now it's not that you don't turn the key, you try to push a button. Well, all of a sudden, it's, nothing's happening. And being the mechanic that I am, I didn't have a clue what to do because I'm not a mechanic. And I push that button and it says, it says there, start and stop. And I'm pushing it and it ain't starting. And so I didn't even have time to deal with it. So I walked all the way home, oh, long way home. And uh, I stole my wife's van, hijacked that van and used that to take the kids to school. And I always try to spend a few minutes at the school and I came back, did chapels. Then finally I went back out there and I thought, I've got to figure out what's wrong with this car. And uh, there's uh, the, the message lights that come on. Aren't you thankful for those message lights? Except when they tell you that you're, you know, getting out of your lane. And uh, uh, I've got a car that, I've got a car that tells you now if, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's not distracted driving, but they call it something. But literally, it will show you a coffee cup. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It'll show you a coffee cup. And hallelujah for coffee, right? But they're not saying you need a coffee break. They're saying you need to wake up. You need to pay attention to where you're going. And uh, so these, praise God for all these wonderful messages. But this message showed up on my car and it said, there's a problem with your brake system. I'm like, a problem with my brake system? You know, C, C dealer, you know, that's, that's their favorite line. C dealer, problem with the brake system. Car's not going to run, you know. Take it to the junkyard. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but uh, I'm thinking, my brakes. I'm like, oh, man. I'm, and I'm just doing it in my mind. I'm thinking, I don't want to have to replace my brakes and all that. And, oh, but anyway. And so, being the expert that I am, I had to go to Google. And I had to Google it to say, why in the world are my brakes bad on a car that's just three years old? Um, I mean, it's not that I, you know, drive too crazy, I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm doing too much of that, but, uh, and I googled it, and everybody said, oh, it has nothing to do with your brakes, they don't even know what they're talking about, you know, said it's your battery, and I said, well, battery sounds a little bit easier than brakes, you know, and uh, sounds like that'd be a little bit better, but, you know, it's interesting because these, these cars, they've got computers, they've got sensors, uh, they are high tech, it is amazing what these cars can do, 
But this car didn't know what was going on. That computer system had no earthly idea what in the world was wrong with my car. None. And you know, sometimes the mechanics don't know. No offense to the mechanics in this room. Sometimes the doctors don't know. You ever gone to the doctor and they say, yeah, we've got to do some more tests. We're not sure. And we'll do these tests and then, no, we're still not sure. And then they say, wait and see what happens. And again, no offense to doctors. Miss Gina, no offense. But doctors don't always know. How about this? Pastors don't always know. And just from personal testimony, I've had people ask me and talk to me about things, and I've had to say, I have no idea. I really don't. And, and, and I've had situations where I've said, I don't know, and I don't think there really is a good answer except to pray and seek the Lord and ask God for a miracle. But can I tell you, sometimes we don't know. But I'm thankful that we serve a God who always knows. And he's never misdiagnosed a problem. He's never given a wrong prescription. He's never fixed the wrong problem only to give you your vehicle back and it still doesn't work. Aren't you glad that we can rely upon the fact Verse number 43, David says, And take not the word of truth out of my mouth. He said, For I have hoped in thy judgments. You see, you can't remember something. I can't remember something unless we have first read it or heard it or learned it. Uh, have you ever taken a test? And by the way, how many of you are glad that your test-taking days are over? Hallelujah. Until your work sends you for training and you got to take a whole day of classes, you know. But I remember in college, um, brother, brother Dan and Webster's and Joanna, they'll know who I'm talking about. But I remember we had a, a professor in college who was a wonderful man, one godly man. However, he gave tests that I promise you it didn't matter if you studied or not. You weren't going to know what was on that test. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. And there were times where I'd go into that class and I had studied and it didn't matter because I, I wasn't going to get the answers right on that test. But then I had some other classes where the teachers did teach and they did give the material and maybe I missed the class and I didn't get it or I didn't study and I'd go in and that's a very, it's a very awful feeling to sit down to take a test and you start reading the questions and you're thinking, am I even in the right class? Because none of this even rings a bell. I mean, it's like, it's not even, like I'm not even sure we're on the same planet. That's a bad feeling. But can I tell you, if you've read it, if you've studied it, if you've heard it, then even if you don't know the answer exactly, you can hope and pray that you'll remember it. You know, I think sometimes when we go through life, we're not ready for the tests because we haven't read the textbook. We haven't, we haven't put this book into our hearts and into our minds and we haven't meditated on it. We'll look at that next week and we haven't memorized it. And it's like David says, God, don't take your word out of my mouth because I'm going to need it. Well, guess what? You've got to read it 
to get it in you. You've got to study it. You say, well, pastor, I've read the Bible. 29 years ago, I, okay, wonderful, but guess what? You're not going to remember something you read 29 years ago. What'd you read today? What'd you read yesterday? What did God speak to you about in your Sunday school class today? I think sometimes that's why we got to get serious about getting to church because it could be in a message that God will give you something you're going to need for this week. And if you miss it, you might feel like I felt sitting in some of those classes thinking, am I even in the right class? That's why we need Sunday school. That's why we need a, a daily time in the Word of God. David said, I have hoped in thy judgments. Verse 44, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. The last word I'll give you, number five, and we'll be done, is the word faithfulness. You see, this book contains promises that God will keep. Absolutely, if God said it, he will keep it. But this book also contains commandments that we should keep. This book contains some uh, admonition for us that we must follow. I'll ask you this question, because God has done so much for us. Shouldn't we be willing to do what he asks of us? Is that asking too much for us to obey a God who loves us and cares about us and he's given us his word for our instruction? When we obey God, he promises that it will be well with us. There's a blessing promise for those who obey, but the Bible also says there is a curse or a judgment for those who disobey. That word continually in verse number 45, uh, 44, that word continually just means constantly, daily. Uh, forever uh, means always and with no end. I hope we will be faithful to this book continually and forever. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.